the word the Lord gave me for today, the title of it, I call it as, We Are the Lord's. We Are the Lord's. And let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 8. And this is my main text. And there are other texts I will be referring to. But I just wanted to give a word of encouragement concerning this, the times that we are living in. And to every saint of God, if you know the Word of God, if you know your Father, if you know Jesus, Jesus already told us what's going to happen. So what we are seeing happening in the world is just a manifestation of what He has already told us is going to happen. Jesus said, I have told you ahead of time so that when it happens you may believe. So He has told us ahead of time. So it's happening. So it's for us to believe and know that what He said is going to happen and it's the truth. Alright, so Romans chapter 14 verse 8. I'm reading from the New King, da- King James Version. And the scripture reads like this. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. As I was watching the video of the Italian army, uh, they were ferrying coffins from northern Italy, Italian from a northern Italia, Italian city of Bergamo to remote cremation sites because local morgues couldn't cope with uh, the surging death, death toll of the coronavirus victims. And I was thinking of all those who could not say their final goodbyes to their loved ones. And the intermittent loss of control we are having over our lives. Now, this happened in Italy and, and unfortunately it's happening also in the, in the U.S. And the tragedy of those who have died, those whose lives are in jeopardy, those brave healthcare workers on the front line, those who have to be at work and at risk to keep servicing the public, and the uncertainty in our lives. Those who died have already transitioned, some into light and others into darkness. Now, as I was looking at the procession of the Italian army, these scriptures quickened me and it, it, these scriptures from 1st Timothy chapter 6 verse 7 and you don't have to turn there I'm just going to tell you what the scripture states so I was lo- as I was looking at the video these scriptures came to me for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry out nothing it is certain we can carry nothing out for we brought nothing into this world And it is certain we can carry nothing out. Now each of us came into this world with nothing and will leave with nothing. But what matters is what we believe and the life we live on this earth while we are here. Now in Romans chapter 14, the Bible states, If we live to the Lord and continue, we will die to the Lord and also continue with him. So that's a comfort we have as believers in Jesus Christ. If we live to live to Him or live in Him and continue, whether we live or die, we will be with Him. 
And that's a comfort we have in the scriptures. The scriptures also say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that when we are absent from the body or when we die, we are present with the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So the scriptures are supposed to be a source of comfort if you believe the word of God and if you believe your relationship in Christ and if you are in Christ. These scriptures are comfort because we know that the word of God is true and it never lies. What the word of God says, what the Lord, Lord has declared about us will come to pass. So the word of God says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's if you are in Christ. So we know that. The scriptures are a source of assurance that no matter what happens, we are kept by the Lord in life or death. Now the anguish and pain for those who are left behind because they could not do what they would traditionally do when loved ones pass away. So we, you know, you see the procession with the uh, carrying uh, coffins to the crematory. And normally people would, you know, gather for a funeral or viewing or whatever it is. But this cannot be done in, this, in these circumstances that we are living under this coronavirus situation. People cannot gather. In America, we, now or even in there, people have to practice something, a term that they call social distancing. And even to prevent people from being infected or, or, or infected with this virus, there is no gathering to, to remember or commemorate a person's death even to bury that person. So there's anguish and pain because we who are left, those who are left behind, they cannot do what they traditionally would do to pay their respects for the, the loved ones who are left, who have gone. So we cannot gather to, to have a service to commemorate the life of the deceased. The coronavirus pandemic is a reality, a reality check on what matters in this life. Funerals, unfortunately, are for the living and not the dead. The living gather to remember the deceased, mourn and comfort one another, then eventually move on with their lives. You know, we see it. You know, we see you know, loved ones die, we mourn, we grieve, and then we move on. As it says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to mourn, and a time to not mourn. And we see it daily as we live in this world that people just move on with their lives. And that's what they, we ought to do. And that's what people ought to do. But then remember, the dead have already transitioned. And only the, the thing that is left is what we call their remains which is the housing, the body. And that body is what allows that person to live in time and space so that they could interact with the physical realm or the physical world. The spirit which makes the mortal body alive has departed. This is what we know as physical death. So when you see, you know, in the morgues, the coffins and, and the vehicles carrying these coffins, 
only thing that's there is the body that's left. It's the shell that allows that person to live in this physical realm on earth in time and space. But the spirit which has made that person alive, their personality, their, their emotions, all these things have already left. They have transitioned to wherever it is they need to have transitioned to. As I said before, whether it's in light or darkness. So the funerals are for the living. And there is pain and anguish because what we are used to doing and practicing, we cannot do now because of this coronavirus. So the Bible, as he says, when we live for Christ, we are not to fear death, but to understand that when that time comes, sometimes known and unknown, because sometimes people will know when they're going to die, and most of the time people don't know when they're going to die. But whether we know or do not know, we will be kept by the Lord. And there is no need to fear. The times we are living in are becoming more and more unpredictable, but not to God. Everything is moving according to his timetables, but he will keep those who are his and welcome anyone who calls upon his name in faith, as stated in Romans chapter 10 verse 13. The Bible says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And whoever does not discriminate, whoever does not care about your, your religion, it doesn't care about your ethnicity, it doesn't care about your social status, it doesn't care about your race, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone who wants the Lord Jesus only has to call on his name and he will respond. Because that's his word. That's what he said he will do. He will save the lost and the repentant. I am encouraging the saints of God to truly live our lives to the Lord. Take this time of sequestering to find out what your spiritual gift is. Embrace it and use it by faith. This is the time for the members of the body of Christ to exercise their gifts to edify the body. So that the body would become mature and the bride will make herself ready. This is a time for saints to grow up into the fullness and stature of Christ. To have his mind. A mind that is submitted to the will of the Father. Our mind is to be submitted to Christ and therefore that of the Father. Because Christ is one with the Father and we are one with him. Therefore, we are one with the Father and the Son. This is the mystery from the beginning and now revealed in these last days that we all are one in Christ and one with the Father. That was always God's will and desire when He stated this new covenant which He has established through His Son that He would write His laws on our hearts and we, we say no man will need to teach us. But we will be taught by the Spirit. We will be known by the Spirit. And we will know Him intimately by the Spirit. So Lord God we just praise You and thank You for what You have done through Jesus Christ. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because the veil has been torn. 
And we come before you, Father, in the righteousness of your Son, our High Priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, making our request known to you, worshipping you, acknowledging you, and loving upon you. Why? Because you have freely given us a life that we can come before you, laying bare our hearts and our desires, our fears and anxieties, Knowing that you care for us and that you hear our prayer. We are not to be afraid or to be dismayed. Knowing that our Lord is with us. But use wisdom. Do what you must and obey the Spirit. Be strong and of good courage. And know that whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Know whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. We are not to fear We are not to be dismayed. We are not to be discouraged. But Lord, we are to have joy and peace in the midst of everything that's going on. The Word of God says in all things to give thanks. Yes, even when we are sequestered. Even when our jobs are on the line. Even when coronavirus has the world in, in fear. We have to give God thanks in all things. Why? Because we know that He will keep us by His power. We know He's God all by Himself. And there is no other God besides Him. We know that He is our salvation. Why? Because He said He is our salvation. We know He's our refuge. Why? Because He says He is our refuge and our fortress. My God, our God in Him, we will trust. We know... That we have nothing to fear. But he will keep us by his power. Because he said he will. We know. That we are to seek the things of the kingdom. And all the things that we are worried and anxious about. The Lord will provide. Why? Because he is a good shepherd. And the good shepherd goes before the sheep. And always prepare the way. Always prepare the destination for which they are. Being guided. And where they're going to arrive. He always makes the crooked path straight. He always supplies all our needs. He will provide. He will heal. He will supernaturally keep us. If we trust him. But we must do what we must do. Walk in wisdom. But listen for the voice of the spirit. Obey the spirit of God. Learn to hear his voice. Learn to submit The word of God says, delight ourselves in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our hearts. That word delight needs to be soft and pliable. That means we have to surrender. We have to yield to the word, yield to the spirit of God. And when we yield, that means we are surrendered. That means that he will give us the desires of our heart. Why? Because we are not about doing our will. We are about doing his will. We say, Father, your will be done in our lives. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So have your way in our lives, Lord. Have your way in the body of Christ. Help us to grow into the stature and fullness of your Son. So when this time we can live the reality of the promises of God and manifest the glory of God in and through our lives. For truly creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So Lord, we just want to thank you today. We want to thank you for hearing our prayer. I want to thank you, Lord, 
that you would strengthen the saints and keep them by your power. For truly we walk by faith and not by sight. We are the Lord's. So be comforted with these words. And I hope you receive something today. In Jesus' name.